0: This is Ridiculously Happy People Cast. I'm Sophia Lemon, and today I'm with Becky Waples from Small Towns Big Dreams Podcast. Hi, Becky. Hi, Sophia. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy that you're here.
1: <laughs> I'm so happy to do it. This is my first um, being a guest on a podcast, and so I'm a little nervous, but I'm actually really excited, too. Does it feel weird? <laughs> um, It feels a little weird. I'm like, don't remember not to take over the show. This is not your show. But um, now I can at least find out what my guests feel like being on the other side.
0: Ah, true. I'm going to pelt yeah. you with questions. I'm really not okay. going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you start with telling us a little bit about your podcast, which I love, by the oh, way. I've been listening to it. it. Keeps popping up in my feed. and I have to ah, listen to thank it. You. Yeah. Tell me a bit about your podcast.
1: Sure. Um my podcast is called Small Towns Big Dreams and I interview um small town creators and I kind of tell their story and then we kind of go into what it's like owning a business or I don't even Just interview business. I really want to interview creators. So someone that's created something, but I want to know how the small town, um, even either challenged them or gave them an advantage. And then I kind of wanted to end it by inspiring other small town creators into like going for what they want to do. Like if you have a passion, like go for it. So I really wanted my guests to seem very, um, like everyday people and, it gives them a platform to tell their story too, and I'm just passionate about. Like I'm just always inspired by small town creators, so I wanted to bring that inspiration to other people. Love
0: yeah, well, I was just <laughs> listening to your episode. I cannot Burke's bricklaying Brick the bricks. other day. Yeah, yeah, yep. Br- yes, okay. And I'm driving home, and I'm listening to it, and as I'm driving into my driveway. That's when you guys are getting into the, like, if you want to do something, just do it. Like, yeah. And I'm just like, yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. you can do whatever you want. And too much, like, I see too much, like, business stuff online, like, telling you, like, do X, Y, and Z. This is how you run a business. This is how you, yeah. like, grow your social media. This is how you do anything. No, you can literally do anything the way that you want, as long as you're going to work at it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that I, um, for 10 years, I've wanted to help small businesses by being a small business. And it's always seemed very overwhelming and intimidating. And then the more you get to meet the people that just went and did it, you're like, they just did it. Like, it's honestly like they just started and they just went for it. And there's nothing intimidating about it. You just have to start. You have to go for it. And so um if any I kind of thought like if anyone else is kind of feeling intimidated by it um like giving them real life stories of everyday people who there's and I always want to I kind of say like there's nothing special I mean obviously there's special people and they have um well we can talk about it later but they have like something going on in their brain that like doesn't have the negative self-talk and but I just wanted Mm -hmm. it to seem really relatable I think so
0: that's the goal that's awesome. I just recorded an episode with Paige Royal and you're going to have to go listen to it because okay, she covers all of that the negative self-talk stuff. And oh. like that's going to stop you from achieving anything. Like it's it's kind of wild how much that will impact someone. Yeah. That's funny cuz
1: um the negative self-talk is was aggressive and I didn't realize how aggressive it was in my life until I kind of eliminated it and then realized um, like, I'll definitely have to listen to the page one because I realized that that's wild how much that stopped me from doing anything for so long.
0: <laughs> It'll stop you from doing a lot of stuff that you want to do in life. <laughs> yeah. For
1: sure. And, uh, yeah, we can get into it a little bit later. But I remember telling my husband, um, like, when we, like, I don't know, it's easy to judge people. I think my husband's a big judge. Like, why do you, Why don't you just get off your butt and go for a run? And I've been telling him, like, Jack, people's brains are being so mean to them. Yeah. And they live with their brain constantly that uh, if you, like, I just stop. Ju- I like, it's just, it's hard to judge people when you realize that.
0: Ugh, what is their brain telling them? Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah. my, my partner <laughs> is exactly the same. <laughs> with how he talks about these things like kevin's like like just do it. like that's his yeah. mentality just do it. like it's not that simple. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> oh. Yeah. We're not living sure. in everyone's brains. Some brains are mean. <laughs> brains have such a range of functions. It's like crazy and we are definitely going to talk about that today, but before yeah. we get into that I would love to hear a little bit more about your family. So you're married, you're in the Port Elgin area. Yes. So I was
1: born in Lion's Head. I was born and raised there. My parents were both teachers at the school there. So I had like a weird, I had a weird childhood growing up where everybody knew. We lived in a small town anyway, so everybody knew everybody. But everybody really knew everybody when my parents were teaching them. And uh, my parents taught like everybody. So even when I was, even the older kids that I would never have like known, I would have just like glared at them. My parents taught them and they would have talked about me and my sister while they were teaching. Right. Um, (laughs) And then I met my husband, my husband's from up here as well. Um, And we moved down to Guelph because my husband raced horses. And so that was closer to all the racetracks. Yeah. Um, We lived in Guelph for, well, like for 10 years. Um, moved around. And then we had my oldest in 2018 and like three months in, honestly, I was like, I said to my husband, like, we have to move back home. I can't do this by myself. I need my family around. So he got a job in Port Elgin. And so we moved, like we went from talking about it to living in Port Elgin, like in two weeks, sold our house, found a realtor, fixed it, sold our house. It took about four weeks to sell our house, but we were up here renting a place pretty quickly.
0: That's still fast. (laughs)
1: Yes. And when you have a newborn and you want to move home, you're like, I will do anything. Let's go. Like I, so we did that. Um, and then we've lived here in, uh, Port Arkansas, 2018. I had my second in January of 2020. So right before COVID hit, some people got to meet him and then we went into lockdown very quickly. Um, and then, yeah, we've been here ever since. Um, I, When my, so when Carter, my youngest, was about eight months old, I didn't have maternity leave just because they were so close together. I never really went, up, and since we moved, I didn't have a job up here when I, when Ollie turned one. So I worked as, uh, or had it in-home daycare. I took some kids in and I did that for a while. And then um, that kind of got overwhelming, like never leaving the house and always being around crazy little children so I did end up getting a full-time job when Carter was able to go to daycare. so he was about 16 months old um do you want me to keep going because well, I'm loving
0: about... I'm loving this because <laughs> you're talking about you know you had your first son and you were like I need to come home and I'm just I like did. I have told my mother forever that if I were ever to have kids I'm just dropping them off with her I'm gonna be like yeah. there you go you can raise them. Yeah, be yeah. <laughs> <Over> here. <laughs> I said I've I've seen it around, but like
1: the biggest parenting hack is being around your parents. Like when you, my friends that live far away from their parents, I'm like, how do you do it? I was so lucky um, when like COVID was pretty strong, and uh, I was going to work, and. If they have a cough, like your children, the daycare calls you and says, pick your kids up and they can't come back for two days. And I was just like, here, mom and dad. I was so lucky and grateful that they're around. Mm -hmm. And my parents, uh, they have five grandchildren because my sister has three, but they are the best. Oh my God. They're so good. My kids are obsessed with them and it's so nice. They're still like a half an hour away. So they, they feel like they're, I'm not like knocking on the door constantly, but, oh, It's a parenting hack to have parents nearby. Oh my gosh, grandparents nearby.
0: It really takes a village for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I can't believe that like modern society hasn't really clued into this. An individual person cannot do maternity leave and take care of the kid the entire time. Like that's insane. Kids are a lot of work and babies are a lot of work, Ooh, too much <laughs> and work, exhausting, and you are not going to yeah. function if you don't have sleep and you don't eat properly and you can't get some exercise. It is just not going to work. So I love that, and also yeah. your kids are super l- lucky because I assume that your parents are still living in Lion's Head, and I don't they know. Actually like in... they actually moved they? to Chesley. Okay, that's nice too. We're taking a quick break, and while we do, I have a favor to ask you. Would you please take just a couple of moments to leave us a rating and a review in your podcast app of choice? Your feedback really goes a long way in helping us reach new people and also improve the podcast. So thanks very much, and we're back to the show. (laughs) I didn't want to talk up Lion's Head too much because I really don't want people to find it because it's like the Mm -hmm. only place – on the peninsula now that's like that's still kind I of know. quiet um, I know and it's flipping beautiful and so no one go there it's awful
1: <laughs> I remember yeah. growing up um <laughs> August long weekend it was like aggressive you're like there's nowhere to park and God. everybody's yeah. there and it was one weekend a year and now um when we go up because my family uh so a family cottage in town and it's Every day, every day you're up there, you're like, I can't find parking. And (laughs) and I know it's not Tobamori, it's not Tobamori, but uh, it's aggressive how many people are up there compared to when I was a kid.
0: Oh, yeah. And like, I love the grotto. It's a beautiful Mm -hmm. spot. But I had a proposal there this past summer and I went up on the Monday to scout out a proper location and had to book the parking and go in and I had my four hours that I could use to scout the location and then went back up on the Friday for the proposal and the difference in traffic and the Monday was the first day it was open so the difference in traffic between the Monday and the Friday was nuts just insane it's just way too busy up there but unrelated to really what we're talking about anyway (laughs) so you started working full-time whereabouts were you Mm -hmm. working what were you doing um,
1: so I, before I went on maternity leave, I was doing sales support for a brewery supply company. So it was a really cool Ooh. job. I got to meet all these craft brewers and I was forming all these relationships. But when my oldest, uh, when my maternity leave was done, I had moved and we didn't know at the time that everyone was going to go to remote work, but they said, no, you can't do remote work. So I was like, okay. So then I found a sales support job at, um, Shoal Dice Stone in Shallow Lake. And my goal was because, well, this was before, no, this was after COVID. But anyways, my goal was if we move, get a job closer to Lion's Head, we'll move there. Like we'll move to Lion's Head one day. Um, So my goal was to move closer to Lion's Head. So I got that job. It was also kind of a cool job because I remember driving past it my entire life because to go from Lyons Head to Owen Sound, we always drove past it. And I always kind of wanted to know what was going on in there. And it was like a big local company. And I thought that was really cool. So I got a sales support job there. Um, I didn't have any background in masonry, but I caught on pretty quickly. And um, after about three months there, I kind of moved to a hybrid sales support and HR role. And um, I went from there. So I was there for two y- and a quarter years before I which was brought me up to this summer before I uh, decided to try something else. But yeah.
0: And what made you, I I just find it so funny that earlier you were saying you were overwhelmed with being home with kids all day and you were like, I'm going to go get a full-time job. And then you're at the job and you're like, I want to go home.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So the reason why I decided to do my own thing, and this is a big, long story, and I'm not throwing anyone under the bus, was, um, I got an HR role. Like I'm like a grower. I constantly want to be trying something new. So I got a half HR role and I was doing recruiting. I was doing some benefits stuff. I was doing onboarding. I loved it. Um, My company paid for me to go to school and get my courses and I finished that and I was like, okay, so I'm done. So what's next for me? What's my next role? And I was asking people that are like highly respected and they said that I, and I always think like this was a defining moment for me, but they said that I was too bubbly to be promoted up to higher up in HR. And I know. And so I... I am like I'm bubbly. I mm-hmm. don't, I at the time didn't see that as a downfall. I didn't see it as like a bad thing.
0: It's, um, I'm just going to interject. It is not a bad
1: thing. <laughs> yeah. So um, I struggled with that a bit. Cause I, so at the time I was like too bubbly. Is that a bad thing? And I was being told it was a bad thing. Right. So I decided to look into it. Like, why am I too bubbly? when I was a kid, my, everybody knew that I was ADD. Like I was constantly, I wasn't hyperactive in the sense that I was like, couldn't stay in my chair, but I was easily distracted, constantly talking and overshare bubbly. Like, and my mom knew that my parents knew that, but they didn't want to do anything with that. Um, When I was being told that I was too bubbly to be promoted, I was like, okay, I'm fixing this, okay? Like, I'm going to be the person, I'm going to talk to my doctor, I'm going to get diagnosed, I'm going to sit at my computer, I'm never going to talk to anybody. From (laughs) 8 till 4.30, I'm going to get so much work done, they are going to see, oh, Becky was told she was too bubbly, now she's like the best worker here, she has to be promoted. That was my goal. So last November, I did. I went, I got diagnosed, and I started a treatment plan. Um I it took a long time. I was con- still bubbly, still distracted, still <laughs> um getting I like nobody except for them told me I was a bad worker. I was getting good performance reviews. Um I was I'm very personable. Like I was sitting at the front desk when someone came in, I was introducing myself, seeing what they needed help. Like I was in sales too. Um, when I had when I was recruiting new staff, I was making them feel comfortable the second they walked in the door um, I wasn't making it awkward. My bubbly personality was not holding me back except from except for the people that they thought it was. Um I started applying for new jobs too because I was just like, if I'm not going moving anywhere here, then I should try something new. And I was talking to um, Not necessarily recruiters, but like job developers, like helpers that would help you with your interviews. And like you said, they were like, bubbly is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. You should, you tell, you tell the people you're interviewing that are interviewing you that you are bubbly. And that is a pro. Like, Mm -hmm. don't think that's a con, that's a pro. So then I started viewing myself differently. Anyways, it took me about six months to find a treatment plan for my ADD that was working and I realized pretty quickly that um, being bubbly, I was proud of that. That wasn't going to be a downfall for me. So then I, um, like we talked talking about earlier, the negative self-talk, that was eliminated too with the treatment plan and I started realizing that I wanted better and I was going to go out and find that for myself. Um, I also thought that the people that were telling me that I was too bubbly just never would have accepted that themselves. Like they were in a power position. And like I said, I respected them. And I was like, if they, if someone had told that to them, they wouldn't have been like, oh, okay. So I wasn't going to be like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? They didn't get to where they were by accepting what people were telling them. So I was like, they should be proud of me. I'm being like them. Like, I'm like, let's do that. Let's just switch things up. I'm I'm ready to try something new. So that's, I wanted my bubbly personality to be a pro, not a con. I feel like in podcasts, it's a huge pro. And so um, that's, there you go. That's my story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Um, remarkable that you were told in in HR role that you were too bubbly. That's baffling to Isn't me so weird. That's so weird. Mm Hmm. So I sat in on the interviews
1: to hire someone above me, um, which made sense. Like they were going to be my mentor, and I can't even remember how many we interviewed. Let's say we interviewed five people. Four of them were bubbly, and I remember telling like uh, our director, I was like, "I am inspired now. Like I thought maybe HR managers are like grumpy and aggressive, and like they stare ahead and they can't talk to you, but." No, eighty percent of who we've interviewed are just like me, and they were in higher positions, like they were um they were already h r managers. So I was like, you think that i'm um, like you think that I can't do the job, but I'm witnessing people who are bubbly doing the job. And we ended up in her, we ended up hiring someone who just wasn't that bubbly. Like I liked her, but she was an I don't know she was just not bubbly. She was just like more to the point. So my job wanted an HR manager that was not bubbly, but that's not what the world wanted. And that Mm -hmm. was kind of the message I was being given. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad I didn't see that. I'm glad I saw the other side, but. mm -hmm.
0: If there's something I've noticed about you, you're definitely bubbly. Thank you. If there's something (laughs) I've noticed about you just communicating with you over the last couple of weeks, you're just open and welcoming which should be a quality that is like sought after with human resources (laughs) because yeah you want people to walk into your office and feel welcome and comfortable talking to you thank Um, you i think so too (laughs) you don't want people to avoid you and look at the human resources department as like i don't want to go there because they are mean (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, I didn't think that either. I understand that human resources deals with a lot of um like they have to tell people like you're not getting a raise. They do the performance reviews and they can be bad. But I I don't know. I wanted to create this um I wanted to create a place that you were excited to come to work and I wanted there to be a lot of good things happening and um I don't know that just wasn't the, I guess that's not what they wanted either. Like mm-hmm. I said, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus. They, I learned a lot there. Um, but I don't know. I just didn't want my bubbly personality to be seen as a con. And, and then I was going to work every day being like, oh, don't crack a joke right now. You know what I mean? Like I felt like I was being pushed down rather than lifted. And so, um, it was just kind of becoming a place for my self-esteem, <laughs> I guess. But, and I loved for all sure. the people there. There was a lot of people I loved there. Um, and I missed it every day. So then, these days, if I go out, if someone invites me out for dinner, I'm like, I just want you to know I'm going to talk your ear off because I spend a lot of
0: time alone these days. <laughs> They're like, it's so, okay. <laughs> so you're do are you doing digital marketing? Yeah. So
1: um, I went to Fanshawe 10 years ago for Mm -hmm. digital marketing and then never really did anything with it because uh, every time I would apply for a job, they're like, yep, you're going to sit in this office behind this computer and you're going to do A, Mm -hmm. B and C. And I was like, no, I want to talk to people. Like That's my thing. I want to talk to people. So um, I was working in a bank. I was working, I worked for a construction company. I just did a bunch of things trying to find a place for me. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so when I, uh, gave my two weeks notice, I didn't have anywhere to go, but my husband was like, you'll find something. I'm, I believe in you, you'll find something. And, uh, a guy that I went to school with 10 years ago, we probably text like once a year, just like, mm-hmm. Hey, what's up, what's going on? And, uh, he was like, Hey, what's up, going on? catching up on our yearly text. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, it's actually my last day at work. Um, and he's like, where are you doing next? And I was like, oh, I don't have a plan. And he's like, work for me, work for me. He's uh-huh. And he lives in BC, but he's like, I was like, I haven't done this in 10 years. He's like, Becky, you are like top of the class. I want you to work for me. I want you, uh, everything's changed in 10 years anyways. So come back, do all your training and uh, you'll work from home forever. You make your own hours. It's only part time right now, which is why I'm lucky enough to be able to do my podcast. Um but yeah, so for coming from a place where management was like, you need to change everything about you <laughs> if you want to be promoted, to immediately being told you have always been good at this, I want you on my team, was kind of a cool feeling too. So yeah, so I work for him. He's got his all his own clients, but I do a lot of reporting, um, and then I optimize his search engine. We do Facebook Meta. Yep. Google, Reddit, Spotify, TikTok. We do all these kind of cool types of campaigns, yeah. paid campaigns. Yeah.
0: Well, that's pretty cool because it sounds like you went from an environment where your personality could have been beneficial, but was not seen that way by the people you worked with to someone being like, no, I want your personality because it it's going it to work. Very, <laughs> yeah, it was very, I remember it, like, I remember like leaving
1: being like, I haven't felt this way in a while. You know, like I haven't felt like appreciated in like a workspace. And that, ugh, I'm, I had managers that appreciated me, but just like where um, I, like I said, I was kind of feeling like you can't crack that joke. You can't say that. You can't show your true personality to being like, no, Becky, exactly who you are is exactly what I want being like, wait, what? And so, yeah, it was a cool feeling.
0: Now, when we were planning for this podcast, you, had listened to one of my podcasts and you messaged me. You're like, "We oh, yeah. have a shocking amount in common." And the I more that you say, down. the more that you say, the more that we have in common. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to start from the beginning with your list? I know you wrote it. We both. <laughs> yeah, here it is. So we both went to Western and fanshaw When mm-hmm. did you? Who did? Where did you go first? I went to Fanshawe from okay. I think, two thousand and. Seven to 2009,
1: I think. I was at Western from 06 to 09.
0: Well, that's entertaining. So we literally swapped because yeah. I went from yeah. Fanshawe to Western
1: <laughs> and you and went then from I Western went, to
0: Fanshawe.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then I went to Fanshawe from 12 to 14. Okay. Yeah. So we moved. I moved to Owen Sound, then Guelph, And then I went back to London for two years to get my grad certificate in marketing and then we went back oh yeah and you took market oh you took marketing at fan at western
0: yeah so i did um photography at fanshawe and then at western i did media information and technoculture which is just their fancy way of saying communication
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) um i took childhood and social institutions because i actually went to king's but i took Mm. a lot of i took three women's studies classes on main campus and then you said you had a minor in women's studies.
0: Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I didn't so I finished my undergrad in three years. So I didn't get my minor in women's no, studies. I didn't either.
1: No, same but with me.
0: It was like halfway through second year that I was like, I cannot do any more school. And I went to like see a counselor and they were like, Well, you can just finish in three years. I was yeah. like, I'm doing that. So yeah, I did yeah. I did like just a ton of women's studies classes yeah. every year which was I really wanted, great. Yeah.
1: I wanted a minor in gender and sexuality studies, but they were all women's studies classes. Yeah. And I remember um, my first year women's studies class. I, I don't know. So I grew up in a small town. My parents both had the same jobs. My dad did all our cooking and cleaning. He our, my parents had very, very similar roles. I would say my mom took care of the bills my dad took care of yeah like cooking and cleaning so i remember sitting in my first year women's studies class being like and obviously i knew not every family was like that but like wait what wait what and so i found it very um interesting because i wasn't living that life i was living like a um i grew up living a very um gender role equal like i don't know what the words are but like my parents were very equal in their gender roles and i was Even though I knew that that wasn't the norm, like someone throwing it in my face, I was like, whoa, I'm not okay with that, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I think we probably had some reasonably similar growing ups as well. Like my, your parents definitely know my mother, though my mother was a teacher for the longest time and then she was director of HR for the school board. So they definitely know each (laughs) other. is it Um, Lemon?
1: Was her last name Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cynthia (laughs) Lemon. I'll call her out. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Mom. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so similar sort of thing. Both of my parents worked, which was great. Went into women's studies and then, yeah, for sure. Like heard everything in women's studies and you just gave me a different way of framing things. in my mind sort of gives you a way of... um, looking at how women walk through the world and how it is actually different from how mm-hmm. men walk through the world um specifically white men yeah <laughs> white straight yeah <laughs> um, straight and, and
1: yeah cisgender yeah
0: unfortunately it gave me ways of talking about it which come flying out of me um on a reasonably regular basis with men unfortunately mm-hmm. they have not caught up with the fact that. Yeah, women have a different experience than men do in the world, which is really disappointing. But maybe we'll get there eventually.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm raising two white men because I have two little boys. And so it's really my goal for them to be just the best little humans. Oh, the best little humans. That's my goal because they don't really, they won't understand how much more they will have immediately just by looking at mm-hmm. them. I mean I'm biased but they're also good-looking little kids. <laughs> so so yeah so I I'm trying to do my best to teach them that that's not everyone's experience and that we will we'll will go over um, well a lot of, we're like I'm also very gender based so I'm always so like there's no such thing as girls and boys clothes there's mm-hmm. no such thing as girls and boys toys. Like I was mm-hmm. at we, oh, we were at the bookstore yesterday and uh, my mother said, "Well, that's a girl's book," and I cringed. And I was like, "I hope my children are not hearing this." And uh, Ollie, my oldest, brought home a Beauty and the Beast book, and he was like, "Everyone was telling me that this was a girl's book," and I said, "And what did you say?" Yeah. And he's like, "Well, I told him there's no such thing as girls' books." I'm like, "Then you did. You then you're fine. Like you just read what you want to read." My goodness. So that's a big goal. is the gender base for me. Like, don't. There's no such thing as girls and boys clothes. For sure, definitely.
0: Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Oh,
1: yes. I had another one. So you grew up in Coldwater?
0: Well, I was born there. We lived there for two years. But yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, you have I've family been, or something over there.
1: I've only been to Coldwater a couple times, but uh, I guess they had like a big park and there was a horse track around it. Oh, okay. and that's where, and that's where my husband's uh, grandfather would race his train his horses oh, cool! so when we talk that's about cool. cold water yeah the Waples name must have been big in that area for horse racing if you followed horse racing
0: oh, that's awesome i do <laughs> not but still no
1: <laughs> i had i never did until i met him and i was like do you want to marry a horse girl do you wish you're racing he's like no 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 i'm like okay because that is not me and that will never be me but
0: i was yeah. like i do it all day i want to come home and not <laughs> yeah deal exactly with <laughs> yeah that's really cool <laughs> That's awesome. I really want to get into a conversation about ADD and ADHD. Okay. And you were diagnosed ADHD, correct? Uh, yeah.
1: I think uh, growing up, there was like a difference, but I don't think there's a difference anymore. Okay. So it's just moved all past. ADHD.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they,
1: <laughs> I think that there's like different types. Um, And they told me that I was impulsive ADHD and uh, distracted Interesting. ADHD. <laughs> yeah.
0: Interesting. So, which how is does that, true,
1: which is very true?
0: So, okay. So, you say it's true. So, how does that manifest in your life? What do you do that um, you're like, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I'm impulsive.
1: <laughs> impulsive. Okay. So, I am a, well, I was like a giant overeater. And I don't think I knew that that could be fixed with medication. I think I just thought, mm. like, this is me. I'm a foodie. I love food. I want to talk about food. I want to think about food constantly. Um, but I had a lot of, uh, like I would write, uh, when I had the daycare, I would tell the parents what they were, the kids were having for lunch and snacks. So I would make a list, um, just so that I could give that to them a week early. And then I was like, well, I might as well do dinner too. Then I can just go and buy all my groceries. And then, so I would know on Sunday night, what Monday, Tuesday, well, like the previous Sunday, what we were having for dinner, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I thought it was just like a quirk that I'd be like, we're going to have stir fry. But then like all day I was thinking about, quesadillas like what like oh my gosh of course you have to have quesadillas and I would spend so much time in my life thinking about food so much time in my life and I couldn't like I've now I can I can tell you what I'm having Friday night for dinner and then on Friday night for dinner that's what we have but um, I was just constantly thinking about food and then even after having dinner I was constantly thinking about what I was going to eat next I was constantly thinking about what I was going to have for breakfast the next morning and uh I didn't realize, but that has to do with ADHD. Like my mind was constantly being, and it was impulsive too, right? Like I'd be like, okay, we're having stir fry. Just kidding. We ordered pizza and we didn't (laughs) order just pizza. We also got chicken wings. We also got garlic bread. Um, Online shopping. I would, my husband was like, how many Amazon boxes are coming to our house? Like I was constantly shopping online and it was getting to the point where like Becky, your Visa bill, we can't pay your Visa bill this month. Like you've bought too much money. You bought too much stuff. I can, if I forget to take my medication, I can tell because I probably bought something online that day. I, and I didn't have what we were planning for dinner that night. So those are two big ones at work. I was not able to like sit at my desk. I was constantly turning around to talk to other people. Um, At school, they would have to move me all the time because I was too busy talking to other people. Um, Impulsive, I'm an overshare. So you don't need to know like the fight that me and my husband had every single word for word where it started. But I would meet a, a stranger and I'd be like, okay, let's talk. Um, so a big one was oversharing and then talking too much and impulsivity. Um, yeah, that's the, those were the big ones. At work, it was because, yeah, just constantly talking to people beside me when we all should have been working. <laughs>
0: i could see how that would be a challenge do you find that you still like to like get up and walk around and stuff and talk to people through the day or you like with medication are you like hyper focused and everything because I'm, in my no. opinion i have like you know we talk about adhd in kids as if it's like a pandemic it's a problem that kids mm-hmm. have adhd in class and my thought is schools just are not designed for kids to effectively learn these days, like a kid with ADHD, there's not a chance in hell that they are going to sit there and learn all day. But if you got Mm. them up and walking around and like doing things while you're teaching them, they probably absorb more. Um, Are you familiar with Grace in the Owen Sound area, the Georgian riders? No association. (laughs) I'm going to have to write it down and put it in the show notes. Um, But basically it's an equestrian um, program for children with disabilities. And that was one thing I noticed, like there were kids who had ADHD, for example, and they'd be moving and you'd have them doing exercises and stuff and you'd talk to them and that's when they could focus is or absorb things when they were focused mm-hmm. on doing other things, their body was moving. And then when you were talking to them, they were actually taking it in and right. absorbing it, you know? So I would, are you like more focused and sit down more often or? No. So
1: what I wanted when I got diagnosed was to experience the hyper focused. And mm-hmm. I've never experienced that. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. I've tried several medications and. I've said to like my doctor, like, no, still not feeling hyper-focused. And she's like, but are there other good things that are happening? I was like, oh, of course this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. And she's like, then, then I think that it's working. Like I, cause I kept saying it's not working. Like I'm still uh, wanting to share what I did last night with staff or I still want to, um, I still want to, i actually, you know, I don't, I've never been one to like get up and walk around and move around. That's never really been me. Uh, But I still, and I'm not oversharing. Like I know how to like keep my mouth shut um, (laughs) um, about certain things. Like they don't need to know that. I'm a much better listener, which is kind of cool with the podcast. I feel like before I would have just constantly been say, oh, I have a story too. Oh, I have a story too. But I'm a much better listener. So I'm not as impulsive in the sense that I need to share my opinion every time. Um, There's a lot of pluses that came. Hyperfocus wasn't one of them. I wanted it to be, but hmm, that's okay. No, I I didn't want to change my personality either. Mm-hmm. No, I think at the beginning, I did want to change my personality. I didn't want to be bubbly anymore. Um, but then a big one was, like we said, eliminated my self-talk. I kind of could turn my brain off. My brain was just constantly going. I could kind of turn it off. And when you can turn it off, you can understand that what it's saying Is not like it's like mindset. You're like, hey, I don't want to feel that way, so then Mm -hmm. I can be like, brain, stop talking, and then it listens. And uh, so that was the big change. That was the big change, and that was a oh, like the best change. That's what I. That's what I needed. And my favorite part about being diagnosed and being on this treatment plan. Mm
0: Well, there's a lot of creativity wrapped up in ADHD. Like you have all of these gosh darn ideas and you want to address them all the Mm -hmm. time. (laughs) Like pops into your head, you want to do it. (laughs) Oh, exactly.
1: And I also want to do it. And then I come up with all these plans and I have this great idea. And then my brain is like, okay, you're done. Like I wasn't like a doer. So I was a brainstormer. Absolutely, and uh, constantly coming up with new brainstorming. But then once the brainstorming was over and you had a plan ready to go, my brain was like, "But you can't actually do that." And you're like, "Oh yeah, of course. I can't actually do that." And then I would go blank again. Um, I was, I found like throughout uh, school and even college, university, I'm very smart. Like even when my um, manager now was like, "You were top of the class," I was like, "I guess I was." But my brain was constantly telling me, like, no, you're not. Like, mm-hmm. you're not that smart. And I took a lot of um, entry level jobs because of that. And I would start an entry level job. And uh, my manager, like, a week in, I think my job that I just uh, at Choice, like, two days in, my manager was like, wow, you're catching on to this very quickly. And uh, you're a lot, like, I she never said, like, you're a lot smarter than what we were expecting. But she was just like, <laughs> wow, you're catching on to this very quickly. I don't know if we expected you to catch on so quickly. And I was like, oh, whatever. I worked at, when I worked at BSG, my manager, I think it was like quite a few months in, said, we almost didn't hire you. We almost didn't hire you because originally there was only one position and they actually ended up hiring for two. So I was the second choice. And they're like, but you have blown us away since you started. And I think it's because my brain kept telling me like, Oh, you're an entry. Like you can only do so much, but I, I'm actually fairly smart. And so now that I'm on this treatment plan and my brain isn't telling me you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. I'm like excited for what I can do, mm-hmm. which is part of the, which is a huge reason why I started the podcast. Cause my brain wasn't telling me you can't do this last year. It would have last year I would have come up with all these cool ideas. And my brain would have been like, but you're not actually going to. Like, oh, of course not. Gosh, no. My job is to <laughs> sit at the front desk all day. Right. Mm, so. I don't know. It's kind of a cool feeling like learning new stuff about yourself, even at
0: 35. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. We're the same age. This is too much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but anyway, um, What it sounds like to me is that being diagnosed ADHD wasn't a problem that needed to be solved, but you being diagnosed with ADHD gave you sort of context And you could sort of work through, well, the negative self-talk stuff, like there's plenty of people who are undiagnosed ADHD or diagnosed, don't take medication and whatever. They just have the context Mm -hmm. that they live with ADHD and like do amazing things. It sounds like the medication for you um, gives you some mechanisms in your life that make it maybe easier to focus. Not hyper-focus, oh, but yeah. focus a little bit on things that need to get done. Um, and it sounds like also you got diagnosed and you were able to be like, oh, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. It's <laughs> different. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, okay, so
1: uh, my husband is a, is against me advertising that I take medication. He's like, no, you should be telling people that, or just a change in your lifestyle and a change in your... your um. your going for walks and what you're eating should have helped you. And I don't deny that. I'm sure it is. But I was not eating healthy and I was not exercising because my brain was just like, it was just constantly giving me other things to do. Like I was so caught up in my, like I was just so busy up here in -hmm. my brain that I couldn't even going for a walk didn't even seem reasonable to me. Like, do you know how many times I signed up for the gym and then my brain told me, well, you're going to go and then you're going to be late for this. Or then everyone's going to be looking at you and all these things. So you, were, my, brain, I was just like, okay, I'm not even going to deal with this. I'm just not going to go. And I'd just rather sit here on my phone and play the games because my brain is quiet when I do that. Um, or like I said, where am I impulsive with eating? Like, of course, I would like to eat a salad for dinner, but my brain's telling me how good the matzo sticks mm-hmm. are in the mm-hmm. freezer. And like, if they're not in the freezer that I should go buy them or how good the um, pizza from Domino's is that it just got so loud in there that I was like, ah, I'm just going to do that or I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. Um, so I'm not denying that going for exercises and eating healthy, which I have done so well in the last six months is making a difference. There's no denying that. But I would have never got to that point without the medication. I know that. I know that in my head because I've tried that for 34 years Mm -hmm. and it wasn't working. I said to my husband one day, like, telling your brain to F off is a superpower that I didn't, that thank goodness the medication is letting me do now. It was so busy up in there and it's not busy up in there anymore. I could focus on other things.
0: Mm -hmm. For sure. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I've had these conversations with Kevin as well. Um, Specifically, like I've been dealing with depression for like the last two years. Like I don't want to say debilitating, but pretty much like I didn't want to get out of bed. And I am a person who likes to work out like pretty heavy duty exercise. And basically, for two years, I was struggling to get any sort of workout in. And, you know, he's saying, well, if you do it, if you start doing it, then you're going to keep doing it. And I'm like, I get the concept, but my brain is telling me stay in bed. Like, I yeah. My brain's telling me I don't have any energy and my brain's telling me I need to rest. Like, I feel like I'm exhausted. I'm in pain and I need to lay down uh, in a dark room. With, and talk to no one and eat junk food because well i was getting dopamine from that but anyway um <laughs> i talked to you i did talk to a therapist about this stuff and she's like well like you might want to consider medication for depression and it's not like you need to take medication forever like you know you can use medication to start something so if feeling a little bit better means that you're going to go and do a workout then that's great for me it was caffeine i don't consume a lot of caffeine but caffeine has a mild antidepressant effect on the brain Mm -hmm. it works extremely well for me if i have a little bit of caffeine i can go do a workout i can do a whole bunch of work Um, so that's been really effective for me and also just generally letting go of the negative talk and all of that fun stuff and I've experienced the really loud brain (laughs) and all Mm. of that stuff there is um a function to medication that I think some people just still don't understand or it's really hard like when you're able to pick yourself up and go it's really hard to understand that there are people who just cannot pick themselves themselves up and go that it's just, it's, it's too damn hard. Um, It's too bad that people don't have that perspective, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's doing a very small thing for you. That's having a very big impact. Yeah. I'm not on like a high dosage either.
1: It's a low Mm -hmm. dose. Um, one of them that I take is an antidepressant too. And I was like, I don't need this. And she's like, sometimes it just makes your ADHD meds um, better. And it, that's the one that's working for me. So I'm on an antidepressant sure. as well. So I wouldn't be surprised even if that's the one that's telling my brain to be quiet a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: the rest are causing or like helping other things. But that's interesting how you say that because, yeah, I think um, you said something about how your brain is telling you to s- not like to stay in this room and just continue to do that. And you're right. If your brain's not telling you to, to do that, then you would be like, why can't they just get up and go? Yeah. Why can't they just do it? They're just being lazy. Yeah. But I'm living with my brain constantly. And you mm-hmm. know what else it would do? It would tell you like, um, it would just make me feel even more guilty that I can't just get up and go. Like, yeah. why can, and like, so you telling me that is not being helpful. It's actually being worse. Because I mm-hmm. know that. I know that I should just get up and go. My sister, um, she says the same thing. Like, I want to get up and go. I'm like, Sarah, it could just be your brain. Like, I don't judge you in any way because I've been there. Mm-hmm. I know that brains can be assholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can break <make> that <laughs> out, but they can. And so you think, like, my brain has the best interest for me. That's my. That's me out there. That They have the best interest for me. But the invasive thoughts, like, I said to my husband once, Jack, are you ever driving? And then you're like, I should just swerve. And and you're like, whoa, where did that thought come from? And he's like, no, I've never thought that. What is wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, me neither. But those are, when I learned the term invasive thoughts, I was like, that's what that is. Because of mm-hmm. course I would never do that. But why is my brain even going there? <laughs> yeah, And those are pretty much eliminated. I had I was thinking about it the other day. I don't think that anymore. <laughs> I don't think when I'm driving, like you could just swerve really quickly. No, you, mm-hmm. I don't think that anymore.
0: So Ugh, it's so funny. I have definitely experienced that for sure. <laughs> yeah i I didn't know the terms when I learned the
1: term, and that's another thing. Like the more you learn, the more you realize you're not alone. Mm-hmm. So when I didn't when I didn't know that term, I couldn't figure out why my brain would do that, especially when I would never act on it um so why did I even think that and then when you realize you weren't the only one going through that and then you had a term for it you're like then why am I doing
0: that yeah so at least you can identify it and realize it well Hmm. and I mean you think you'll never act on it but like you know how you feel when you're not in a good place I know how I feel when I'm not in a good place there are people who feel that bad and worse to the point that they harm themselves Um, Mm -hmm. And that's a reality of life. Can you imagine feeling so bad in your brain that you are willing to physically harm yourself or make all of the voices in your head stop by ending your life? Like, that's a reality for some people. And it's definitely unfortunate that some are lacking the perspective that... You know my brain's making me stay in bed and i can't just get myself up and go because you're right like that just makes you spiral like i know i should be able to just get myself out of bed and go Mm -hmm. but i can't and like i'm laying in bed depressed and like physically in pain and i'm like i know if i go work out i'll feel better but i can't get myself to go work out and feel better Mm -hmm. and I should be able to do that but i can't yeah. well that means that i'm weak and you know like it just compounds things and makes them worse and mm-hmm. yeah i think i think talking about these things is pretty important because hopefully someone hears that like i'm taking medication it has flipped my world upside down and i feel so much better like that's what people need to hear about yeah. not that just get out of bed and go do it you know yeah. um
1: i So when I was, before my oldest was born, so it was probably a while ago, and I don't want to bring up the thing, but we went to a funeral. It was a very sad funeral for someone who was way too young, who had ended his own life. Or what do they, um, what do they say? Died by suicide. And I remember being absolutely crushed, like way too young. And I had a nephew at the time who was younger than that. And I remember saying, like, I'm talking to him because if his brain is telling him that kind of stuff, we will get you help. Mm-hmm. If he had come home diagnosed with um like something like I, I don't like um epilepsy, we get you help. You mm-hmm. take pills for that, we get you help because that's important. But there's like a stigma. Well, I don't, it's just bad thoughts. I don't need help for that. We will get you help, we will treat it like epilepsy, we will treat it like you need help right now. And we will get Mm -hmm. you that help because it was, and I think the same with my children. Like I, and my husband also disagrees with this. Uh, My oldest is the kindest. He's so sweet and he's so cute and he's so nice. And he is so level-headed. And then about once a month, he will just, we can't figure it out. He just goes crazy, screaming, crying, like over, he's overwhelmed with something. And I laid Like you're overwhelmed and you're having a panic attack and that, Mm -hmm. and if you put your hand on your heart and you take a couple big breaths, like I want him to know that when he's in this way, we will get you help for that. Like Mm -hmm. we won't yell at you and tell you you're bad. And we aren't going to tell you that there's something wrong with you right now, because Mm -hmm. if that was happening more and more and more, we will get you help for that. This is like, cause it's a mental health thing. He's only five, but the, it's not like he got hurt. It's something going it's, he's overwhelmed. And I don't know the answers, but uh, I want him to know that if he continues to feel like this and he's, and he continues to feel overwhelmed, we will get you help for that. It's just in the same way as if you broke your arm, we put a cast on that. We get you help for that. <laughs> um, that's like a big, important thing to me because I would, oh, it was the saddest thing. And I don't want to ever go to something like that again. And yeah. it's a good step forward. And um, yeah. And I, my husband, he's, he's like, don't label it. He's just going crazy. And I'm like, I want to label it so that he doesn't think it's just me. Like if we're just like, oh, Ollie acts like this sometimes. And he's like, that's who I am. No, 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 no. We'll call it something so that you can be like, oh, I had a panic attack if I have too many of those, we'll conti- we'll get help for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know maybe I'm I don't know what the answer is, but that's what my theory is.
0: Well, I think with kids, I mean, when you're I get not wanting to label things and I don't think that you should necessarily be labeling other people like we have these conversations around like the LGBTQ community specifically and trans and non-binary individuals and we don't want to yeah. label things and yeah, yeah, yeah. blah blah blah. I mean with your child you could be labeling panic attacks as a potato instead of panic attacks and that's just when you know it's happening you're like you're having a potato just yeah. let's go through the steps of yeah calming down you know it is it's just context for kids at that age like because they don't get it and I see it with teenagers cuz Kevin has a couple of teenagers and if they're in a bad mood like they they don't understand they don't have the perspective they don't know that they're just in a bad mood they they're just lashing out and they're cranky and something's bothering them but they don't have the context to address it but like giving a kid a, a label and the context just gives them the mechanisms to like deal with the thing that they're dealing with. i think so like
1: i remember actually in you in high school I didn't get, all my friends were getting accepted into university and college and I wasn't. And I remember, or I didn't apply for college, but I applied for university and everybody was getting A whole bunch of people got it, like early acceptance, nothing. I would check every day, zero. And I remember my mom coming into my room one day and I was hyperventilating and I was screaming and crying. Like I was throwing myself on the ground and I've never done it since. Uh, maybe, but I've never, did- <laughs> I remember the time once I finally calmed down was like, what just happened?
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: I was embarrassed that I actually like threw, like threw myself on the ground, like overwhelmed. And, um, I don't think, I think my mom told me like a week later, like I was like, I can't believe I acted like that. Like I was so embarrassed. And she was like, well, it was a panic attack. And once she labeled it, I realized, oh, pe- I've heard people have panic attacks before. It wasn't was something out of my control, is kind of what I felt like. I was like, oh, that was like a mental health thing that was out of my control at that time. And I, the embarrassment went away. It turned out that I had filled out my um, application wrong. I told them that I was a French speaker. And so once I changed it to English, all of my acceptances came in. But I remember feeling like, I remember, I think, yeah, then my mom said, well, you had a panic attack. And once she had labeled it for me, so it worked for me anyways, I was like, oh. So that was out of my control. Like I had known what a panic attack was. So I knew that people that experienced that, thats they don't want that to happen. That was out of their control. Instead of me being like, all of a sudden, I was just acting inappropriately and wild. And I can't believe, what if that happens again? And so in my head, I was like, if that happens again, I can tell people I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> and then we can go from there. You know what I mean? So that's what it felt like at the time. Um, And so that's what I kind of want Ollie to feel like, too, like, Mm -hmm. you can be like, this is out of my control why I'm feeling like this
0: right now. I just need to do my steps and Mm -hmm. then I feel better. So, Well, and everyone has had the feeling of being so emotional, like angry, sad, scared, whatever, to the point that you physically feel like your body is going to explode. Like Mm -hmm. everyone has had those feelings. Um, I would suggest that the Dalai Lama has had those feelings as well, (laughs) although he's been practicing for a very long time to not Mm -hmm. let those things get the better of him. But that is not something that we learn in school. (laughs) Emotional intelligence is not something that is taught. Um, And unfortunately, what we teach people is, you know, you sit quietly, you raise your hand to speak, and you do your work. And that's about it. That's what we teach in school for emotional intelligence which isn't really emotional intelligence and i don't think it does kids any good obviously adults because it's not even the kids that are struggling with these things these days it's It's because
1: they didn't learn them yeah yeah
0: like we're struggling pretty hard with this stuff right now the number of people who have in my networks who have stepped away from doing things who are When you talk to them, they're just, like, short and snippy and angry and who are using the word overwhelmed. The number of people who are saying these days they're overwhelmed and they need to cut back and everything right now is, like, it's a lot of people. And the people that you don't think are going to do that, like, (laughs) so many of the people who are in these networks with me, it's just, like, dropping like flies, like, stepping back from roles left, right, and center because they're just... overwhelmed Overwhelmed. with stuff yeah and we don't know how to deal with this overwhelm stuff (laughs) Mm -hmm. um yeah Yeah. quieting the mind is definitely a big deal (laughs) yeah (laughs) makes you a better person yeah it's yeah (laughs) yeah and
1: like I said it's like um you think your brain is on your side like that's me up there and Mm -hmm. so I think once you learn that it doesn't always have your best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, well, what can I do so that it does? And like you said, like if it was, if you're in your bed and you're like, well, my brain has my best interest at heart and they're telling me to stay here and think all these horrible thoughts. And it's really hard to realize that you can find help, but you can. Yeah. And I also think that, um, some places are over like, Canadian mental health is probably overwhelmed right now. So mm-hmm. even if you're like, I need help, it might take two months for you to get that help. Mm-hmm. I And that's a scary feeling too. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is, but well, I'm I- just, I feel like it. my life's changed since I realized that. And I kind of hope that if someone else was thinking that, they can figure out that there's a way to change your life too.
0: That's really awesome. Like, good for you. <laughs> mm, thank you. Really Thanks. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate because, you know, people like your husband or like Kevin, who like when they deal with a mental health issue, they might think that they just have to will themselves out of whatever the issue is. Um, and that's unfortunate. Hopefully, more people talking about this stuff will help. Like, you can go yeah. on medication forever, you can go on medication for a short period of time, you can drink caffeine and have more energy so you can do stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you made a good point. Like, um, I
1: picture myself being on this forever. But you made a good point when you said like you don't have to go on it forever. You can go on it, start doing the exercise, start eating mm-hmm. healthy and then go off it and the exercise and eating healthy will probably take you continue to take you. Mm-hmm. Um I'm kind of scared if I went off it, my brain would start talking meanly to me again and then I wouldn't go for the exercises and I'd start eating badly again and then I'm just back where I was. And that yeah. might not be true. And so maybe one day I will experiment with that but Right now, I think that's, like I said, if I miss it one morning, you can pretty much tell by the end of the night that I, because we had something kind of crappy for dinner. Um, I probably didn't go to the gym that day. Um, I'm probably playing more games on my phone. Like I said, we, I definitely bought something off Amazon. <laughs> so <laughs> I notice a difference almost immediately. Um, but that might not be the same for other people. And you're, yeah, like <laughs> when you said that, you're like, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. getting Taking it so that you can get off the couch and start eating healthy and then let that continue to take you.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and you see the difference now, right? So, if you were to decide that you want to try going medication free, then if you start, I wouldn't yeah, you, you know, feeling like your brain is a little bit too loud again, then you start taking the medication again. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, uh, why we think that our brains are not a physical part of our bodies, but like independent, and we are mm-hmm. in control of them all the time, is wackadoodle. Um, cause we're not, and sometimes they need to be healed and taken yeah. care of and balanced and yeah. yeah, like our skin or our stomachs or, you know, yeah, it's an organ. Yeah. It needs to be taken care yeah. of. <laughs> I know. And uh, yeah, it's saying
1: it out loud is a lot easier than, um, uh, when it's telling you the opposite too, but
0: it's Ugh. hard to get started. Yeah, but yeah. What made you go and get diagnosed? Were you expecting to get diagnosed with something or were you like, I just don't feel good? Uh, Nope,
1: I, like I said, in high school, I knew I was ADD. Oh, you know what it was? So when you go on, I was used to be obsessed with TikTok. quieting my brain, quieted TikTok. I deleted it. It's so easy not to go on (laughs) there. But I would go on TikTok and they would be like, If you have ADHD, this happens, or if you this happens to you, this happens to you, this happens to you, this happens to you. You have ADHD, and I was like, yes, all of these things happen to me. I also think that it might have just been for viewership. They just might have been like, if you like pizza, I'm like, yes. They're like, if you like (laughs) tacos, that's me. They're like, you have ADHD. I'm like, that must be me. I love pizza and tacos, so I do know that some of them were just like, um, uh, like, uh, trying to get you to like and like and subscribe or whatever, but. Um, it just got to the point where it seemed really relatable and you would see these people on TikTok who looked just like you, who had been diagnosed lately and they were telling their stories. So I listening to that was like, okay, I want to be a success story too. I knew um, in university, like I said, I used to be, I knew that I was smart. I just knew that I couldn't put the work in. And I used to always think to myself, like, if I could put the work in, where would I be? Mm-hmm. Where would I be if I'd put the work in? And so that is what I wanted. I was like, okay, they're telling me I'm too bubbly. I know I have this thing. If I can get the work done, where will that take me? And it showed me that it's not going to take me to a corporate job, but it's going to make me be, yeah, a digital marketer, a podcast host. What, like what's next for me? Like, honestly, it seems I'm excited to see what's next mm-hmm. for me because I will put the work in now. I know I will. I've done it with the podcast. It's crazy how much work a podcast takes. <laughs> I didn't know that it is a part-time job. It's a full-time job, Yeah, but it's so much fun. And I like doing the work. Mm-hmm. And I would have been a big person who was like, "Me, I'll get to it. Me, I'll get to it. I need to give a shout out to Hannah. She was my uh, naturally well by Hannah was my first, um, guest. And I remember I was like, Oh, my house is a mess. And she's coming over here. I'm just going to message her and say, let's do it a different day. I can't come. I'm too, um, my house is too messy. And she messaged me back and she's, and she's holistic. Like she does all the exercise. She, her She's doing all the brain work, or all the eating healthy. And she's like, no, Becky, I'm coming over today. And when <laughs> she came over, she's like, Becky, if I didn't, I knew what you were trying to do. You were trying to like not do it. Right. You're trying to tell yourself there's a reason why you shouldn't do it, but that's, I'm not going to let you do that. You're going to get this episode done and you're going to post it. And so I was like, okay. And I did. And I, got this high from it that I was like okay and I had already promised someone else to um, interview so I had to do the next one I when, when I say had to I was like I, I got to do the next one I got to do the next one I got to do the next one. and I'm I gotta give her a shout out because she knew what I was trying to do and she wouldn't let me do it and so she's a big reason why I could have to do more but yeah putting the work in is a big thing that I just my brain could tell me all the reasons why you wouldn't have to put the work in. And so I just wasn't, you know, like you're fine just being sitting at the front desk. You don't have to do any more than that, but I want to. So let's, <laughs> but it requires you to do work. All right, well, let's do it. What work do I
0: have to do? Let's do it. So mm-hmm. well, it looks like now your brain has the ability to do the creative stuff or mm-hmm. like maybe like the negative self-talk was stopping you from doing all the creative things your brain wanted to do. And yeah. Was yeah. filling in that time with like more negative talk, whereas now you can be like, "I'm going to do it. I'm yeah. going to publish a podcast." Mm-hmm. And you're doing a very good job, by the way.
1: Thank you. It's even like I, um, so I started walking last May. And I'm like kind of competitive, not competitive, but that was my, my dopamine wasn't even the walking. My dopamine was sharing with people. I went on another walk. I went on another walk. Like people that have dogs, I was thinking about this, that people that have dogs are like, I go on three walks a day, Becky, why are you so proud of yourself? But I was not doing anything. I was not doing anything. I was sitting on my butt. Like, um, so I was proud of myself for going for another one, going for another one, going for another one. And then I, oh, you know why I wanted? I wanted new running shoes. And my husband said, you're not even using your running shoes. Why do you need new running shoes? And he's like, go for 10 walks. And if you go for 10 days, 10 walks, buy yourself new running shoes. So I was like, okay. So on like my ninth walk, I was like, I don't want new running shoes. I want headphones. Like I, cause now I'm going to be a walker. Um, so then changing that was, a, Oh, that was another thing I was gonna say, like changing my, it, let me change my identity. I think I identified as someone who um like she's the funny one. She's mm-hmm. the drunk one. Like I that's another thing. I have I ha, I'm not sober, but I've I've basically eliminated my drinking for like once a one weekend a month. Mm-hmm. And um I don't go overboard when I drink anymore. That was an impulsion thing. Like mm-hmm. I was just constantly drinking. I'm the fun, I'm the funny drunk. That's what I identified myself as. Um, and now I identify myself as like a walker, a podcast mm-hmm. host, mm-hmm. a reader, like all these healthy identities. Um, and so that's a big deal too, changing your how you identify yourself, because my brain would tell you, "You're the funny drunk. That's who you are." Mm-hmm. I served for so long because when you're a server. You can go out drinking afterwards and you're the funny drunk. Like I've always, uh, it's always been easy for me to make friends. So like you're the friendly one Um, Mm -hmm. and you are even friendlier when you're drunk. So my brain told me that for a long time and um, it doesn't tell me that anymore. It kind of, you're now when I drink, you're like, if you drink anymore, you're going to do something embarrassing that you're not going to like the next day where I used to like pride myself, like, did I do that? <laughs> it's so funny. Like I made all these people laugh by doing that. That's so funny. And then, and then like a couple of days here, like I can't believe I did that. But that didn't wouldn't stop me from doing it again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't.
0: I haven't been that person.
1: Obviously, being a parent helps, but I haven't done that in so long. And I'm super proud of myself for that. So.
0: You're really going to like the episode with Paige. Um, I know. It's it's all about the identity stuff. And everything that you're saying is basically very much in line with what we talked about. And it's like when you start living life the way that you want to, everything just sort of starts to make sense. And like Mm -hmm. it's easy. Like it's so easy to, yeah, continue to be yourself and feel happy and everything when you're actually living life according to your values. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, I read somewhere that like you have no obligation to be the person you were
1: five minutes ago. So like you can change your identity at any time. Um, In 2022, so I eighty being diagnosed wasn't even on my radar, but I was like, I'm going to read 12 books this year because I wasn't reading. I liked reading, but like I was finding other things to do instead. So I was like one book a month. I'm going to read 12 books this year. And I started reading and I was like, I read, I read 99 books in 2022. And so <laughs> I went from, yeah. And so then I was identifying myself as a reader. Like people were reaching out to me to find out what books they should read. And I was like, okay. And so all of a sudden other people were identifying me as this reader. And so I, that is a big thing for me. Cause I realized I changed my identity just by doing it. So like I can be a podcast. So it's just by doing it. And then you, you can tell people, and you can be proud of that. And I, I thought back to myself, like, if I hadn't have read all those books, I don't think I would have realized that how easy it is to change your identity. Like, I became the book girl. Like, if they would, they like like I said, like, people would reach out to me, what book should I read? And I'd be like, well, what do you like? And, uh, <laughs> oh, and then in 2023, my goal was to read self-development books because I was basically mm-hmm. just reading fiction. And reading self-development books also made me realize that my brain's kind of an asshole and <laughs> that like mindset you know and the, and so i definitely should give that um props as well like give that recognition as well that reading all these self-development books has certainly helped too
0: that's awesome yeah. what are you reading right now
1: well i'm reading fiction actually okay so i'm reading fiction right now um i Really liked thrillers, mystery thrillers. Like who did it? I wanted to read the I was reading the book so quickly because I wanted to know who did it. And now I'm into cheesy romances. So I'm reading <laughs> a book called Love Love Theoretically by Allie Hazelwood. And I would not put that on like a I would not say that this is like a highly intelligent read, but I just love cheesy romances right now. <laughs> I read her Love on the Brain. And as soon as I was finished that one, I was like, what's next? I need another one. Like, they're, you know, like those predictable ones, but like they mm-hmm. make you smile. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. And I should get into a Christmassy romance one, but no, no, I don't think I'm. That's that'll maybe be my next one, something Christmassy. But yeah,
0: yeah. the predictable books are awesome. And also, I find sometimes with fiction, just the easy, reads oh, are really good yeah. like one of my favorite um non-fiction books and i don't read a lot of non-fiction i mostly read the self-help stuff and i think okay. that we need to rename that genre because it sounds oh, sad yeah. but it's freaking <laughs> great um is the poultry collective and then the republic of dirt so it's two books one after the other and they're so neat it's like good. there's like four narrators um it's all about this 12 year old girl but it's um this like 35 year old woman who moves to the country and she meets the farm hand on the farm that she has taken over who's like old and a curmudgeon and he hates everything and then yeah. the alcoholic 21 year old across the street who's like like emo goth in the oh. middle of the in the country yeah. <laughs> and then this 12 year old girl who keeps showing up and it's just the most hilarious thing because it it's like what each chapter is written is narrated by a different one of these characters oh yeah and yeah. so it'll tell the same like hour-long story um from the perspective okay. of each character and they yeah, yeah they're they're always like like really confused and like or entertained or angry with what another person has done and then it'll switch to the next person and they'll be like why do they do that it's just so funny it's really funny really easy to read what um, is it called the, the republic poultry of dirt? collective oh. the poultry collective is the first one and then the republic of dirt is the second one and they are very entertaining very cool <laughs> so good like i might have to reread them soon <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have read 47
1: books this year and my goal is 50. So that's another reason why I'm trying to read easy, cheesy romances because I'm like, they're so easy to read. You just sit down. And like, I feel like if you skip a page or two, like you really didn't miss anything.
0: It's true. So, yeah. It's true. Like I,
1: I read on my phone on the uh, treadmill and I think my last book I skipped like two chapters but like I didn't even notice I was like oh here we go <laughs> um so I'm just trying to get three books in in the next month so that I can kind of meet my goal but that's I, awesome I don't care if I don't but it's yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's really awesome that's impressive um I think I'm gonna have to have you back on the podcast because okay. we've been talking for so long now so we'll have to come up with another topic but uh, yeah. do you have a ridiculously happy moment
1: well, that's us. funny that you said that because, um, I, right before, uh, so this morning I was getting the boys ready and I knew I had to come here. I knew I had to get straightened my hair, everything still. And I got this text, uh, or I got an email that said, "Your family pictures are ready" because we got family pictures oh. done in November, and that's relative to you. Um, and so I was looking at them at like the second right before you, I got on here with you. And we took a picture on our wedding day, we got married at my husband's dad, like family's horse farm. And so there's a picture of me, uh, and him in my wedding dress, whatever, right in front of their like little side barn, it wasn't the horse farm, but a side one. And so when we got our family pictures taken, I said, I really want the four of us in front of that barn. And I just got the picture. So I'm like, Oh, I'm beaming. They're so cute. I'll probably post them on Instagram today. You'll see it. But that's my ridiculous time You're getting these pictures that we took in the beginning of November. I'm just so excited. Aww, that's cute. I love, yeah. I love getting um, that kind of stuff done. Like just to, well, yeah, you do it every day. But just to like look back and remember what that you felt like in that moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was a good experience too. She was very friendly and my boys were in such good moods. Ugh. Like you have anxiety the whole time. Like, are my kids going to behave? And then the pictures, they're just beaming. You're like, they behave. Like, they were just yeah. so good.
0: Oh, we're definitely yeah. going to be talking about that on your podcast. So Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. So you're going to be on my podcast next week. We'll, uh, I'll be interviewing you and that's yeah. very exciting
0: which is yeah. awesome. So everyone's going to have to go and subscribe so that they could listen to that, but I'll be sharing it as yeah. well. So yeah, you're That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So. You're um, very, I've only known you for a little bit and you're very supportive. I need to up my game. Like I need to start sharing and posting way more than I already do. Um, but I wanted to say that to you, that you're very supportive and I really appreciate that. That's a really, thank
0: you. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Um, So my ridiculously happy moment, I told you that you were going to hear about this um, later today. I'm a giant nerd, um, total geek. And I, on Friday, swapped computers with my studio and my office and everything and ran a whole bunch of updates. And this morning I came to the studio and I'm plugging everything in and getting ready for this (laughs) interview. And I start up Zoom because I always just test these things, start up Zoom. And my camera is not connecting. And I was oh, like, no. oh, fuck. <laughs> and it was like 20 after eight and we were recording at nine. So I'm like, oh, I hope I can figure this out before we start recording. And luckily, my nerdiness paid off really well. I was able to in 40 minutes, get the camera to work, um, get everything set up. I was like, i get all good to go. I'm like, oh. no panic attack. <laughs> no flusteredness like it was really good and it required like restarting the computer in recovery mode and like going into oh, the no. terminal and like typing some stuff out and it totally worked and, yeah okay awesome. good that's a lot
1: that, I would never really do that. you helped me with my um microphone and headphones if that had happened to me this morning like remember we were supposed to talk last Monday and uh yeah, yeah. the internet in Port Elgin it, well our internet goes down way too much but it went down again and I was trying to contact you and I couldn't figure it out and <laughs> yeah I'm not a I thought I was a computer geek and it's just getting no I'm becoming an old lady
0: <laughs> that's okay um I never got on board with snapchat and that made me feel old <laughs>
1: oh I'm I still am on snapchat but I barely check it and I feel old when I go on it I'm like you do not need snapchat but they have the funny filters and my children are obsessed with them. So i oh, like, yeah. all right, we'll do a funny filter today.
0: <laughs> yeah. They they were saying like, use Snapchat to connect with a younger audience and everything. And like, I was like, all right. So I like, um, on Snapchat, I have my cousins who are like 10 years younger than me on my Snapchat. And they just kept sending me pictures of the floor. And I'm like, is this what people do with Snapchat? I don't
1: know what is. I'm like, no I can't idea. get on board with this. <laughs> <laughs> when I worked at... uh I used to work as a server at Boston Pizza and all everyone else was so much younger than me. And I was, they were fun. And so I'll text uh, one of them. I'll text them every once in a while. I'll text my friend, Hannah, like, hey, I'm going to a wedding. What are the kids wearing these days to weddings? <laughs> and she'll message me back, like, message me on Snapchat. And I'm like, but then if you tell me, I can't re-see it. So I'm like, this yeah. doesn't make sense to me. So I'm like, I'm just going to stick to the way I messaged you. And she's like, oh, like, sorry. Yeah.
0: yeah. What are, and the are you kids wearing like, these days? What are you gonna message me that it needs to disappear? Like what? Yeah,
1: that's, well, yeah. What are the kids? I don't know. I guess I would. I guess I could use that against them. Like, look, remember when you said this? I love sending that to my husband. You told me you're gonna be home at eight. See, you texted me home at eight. It's now nine. And so he's <laughs> like, oh, I wish we used Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Where can people find you, Becky? Oh, I feel like I always ask this, and I never get asked okay so you can ask you can find me on instagram at small towns big dreams podcast um i'm also on facebook at small towns big dreams podcast and um find me on spotify or apple uh podcast right now
0: awesome small towns big dreams podcast yeah (laughs) very consistent i really love it by the way all right and i am sophia lemon i photograph ridiculously happy people and you can find me on instagram as well at ridiculously happy people and it's spelt with a P-P-L instead of a (laughs) P-E-O-P-L-E. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) On Facebook and on Pinterest and at SophiaLemon.com. And if you want to have your Ridiculously Happy Moment played on the show, follow the prompts on social media when they come up, or you can record your own if you go to happyp.pl slash moment, and then we will play it. And who do you know who is experiencing a lot of negative self-talk? They should probably listen to this episode, so share it with them. And you can use the shareable links in the description below. And then please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Please. 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 Um, And thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.